Hello, my friends. Today we continue looking at Revelation. And we are in chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of the Lord and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And when you see and what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Lord, bless your word unto our heart and cause that we would glorify your name. Let revelation knowledge become real and evident as we reflect and cause our hearts to be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we reflect on the thought John heard from the Lord. John heard from the Lord. The purpose of a witness is to verify or give account through personal experience of an event that took place or is taking place. A secondhand account, therefore, is not admissible in court because it is presumed to be a diminished version of events, either embellished by the original storyteller when not under oath, or by the secondhand witness and thus intervened or altered by the creative imagination, especially for those parts that are either unclear or underwhelming. In other words, when we get a secondhand account, it is presumed that there is some additions that are made to make it either more colorful or to make it not look as bad as it really is, to not give you that direct and clear picture. But a witness, a witness has a res responsibility when witnessing to tell it as it is. A witness is not simply talking about someone else's experience, vicariously experience, whether through writing or through storytelling that is someone shared. A witness is talking about their experience of an event. John's witness is to show us what 
things we can expect in the end. But I want us to understand that revelation is not simply about times of the end and being ready for the second coming of Christ. I want us to understand that revelation is a message uh, to the church. The, the, the word revelation itself indicates to us that Christ is opening up himself to the church and to his people. I want us to first approach revelation with that view, not First, in its apocalyptic expressions, as it uses symbols and that kind of symbolic language to speak to the people. Because I want us to, to, to look at the use of that language as being expressive to a people who were in oppression. The, it, it was being used to speak to a people who would understand or derive meaning as they make association between the language that is there in the revelation text in those writings in those letters that were being sent to those churches and and those who were hearing they would make connections to other writings that were in the old testament scriptures and hear god speaking take note of that part they would hear God speaking. That's how I would like us to, to first approach this revelation uh, passage, this text that is in front of us today. But as we go through these devotions, that we are considering that what is in front of us is not simply writings about the end that we're going to question and, 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 and try to align with, with some kind of timeline so we can see when might it be? Are we actually in the times of the end? I want us to understand that any day now, God could come again. And it's not simply about understanding him coming because just as he could come any day now, he could still tarry for another number of years. So why, why give us revelation from the time he's given us revelation? Why not give it and then come? Because essentially revelation is carrying a message. Revelation is carrying a message. Listen to what John writes. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard a voice as of a trumpet. Let's go down to the last part, this middle part of verse 11. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches. So God is giving John a message to bring. And the message is, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus who came and walked among people? Who is this Jesus who is to come again? As we see Jesus through the writings in Revelation, we must be drawn to him and turn 
our hearts to God. So, so this revelation account is a witness account. It is a first-hand witness. In other words, it is legitimate. We can trust it because John is not hearing from somebody else. Jesus is speaking to John. And if you have a red letter edition of the scriptures, you will notice that after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the red letters of Christ almost disappears because we don't hear him speaking directly. But here in Revelation, red letters come again to highlight that Jesus is speaking. So we can trust the account that we are receiving for Jesus is speaking to John. And if Jesus is speaking to John and he's saying, look at this, and he's saying, Writing it write it down, and he's saying, send it to the churches, it is a message. A message from the Savior, which means we need to take it seriously. A message from the Savior, which means that it is an imperative. It is an instruction that we ought to follow. John was writing from Patmos. Patmos was an island where people who offended the state, they committed what might have been uh, seen as offenses or crimes against the state. They were banished to that place. It, it was like uh, a Rikers Island um, that is in the, the US in, in New York. It was an island where people who were offensive or people, whether because of their teachings because of things that they had done, they were sent to, to that place. John was there and his offense was he was preaching the gospel. And as I read that, it made me ask the question, what are we getting in trouble for? Are we getting into trouble because is my mouth and I can say what I want. This is just the way I am. And I won't change. May not change. Are we getting into trouble because we've been meddling in other people's business? Are we getting into trouble because we've been following our passion and lust? Are we getting into trouble because we have not been doing things the right way? Are we getting into trouble because... We've been doing things we're not supposed to do. What are you getting into trouble for? May I, may, may I use this as an opportunity to say, as we go through Revelation, by the time we've combed all of the scriptures and have gone through all of the lessons that were being taught in all of the other by the time we get to revelation it's time to grow up to mature to forsake the foolishness of newborn 
infantile behaviors, mistakes and misgivings, changing our focus from being one who has to be constantly corrected to one who is a light bearer. John was in trouble for the testimony of Christ. He was preaching about Jesus Christ. And I want to invite us to talk about Jesus. These people were experiencing tribulation because of their faith. And many of us have a kind of freedom that is unprecedented in history where we can freely worship, freely talk about Christ. Oh, I know that in some places they will tell you, you cannot have devotion in school and you cannot call the name of Christ and you cannot um, have a, a, a prayer before the staff meeting and those kinds of things. But it does not silence our voice. We have taken it for silence and have refused to speak because we are creating offense. But, you know, when I listen around as people talk about not talking about religion, it doesn't belong in the workplace. It doesn't belong in the public square. Religion should be among those who believe. These are the same people who stand up on platforms saying, I don't believe in God. These are the same people who stand up and they talk about their life and their and and and, and the immorality and and whatever they take and believe and align to and whatever cause they want to promote, they talk about it. And it is the same free speech. It is the same right to speak that we must use to speak about what we believe in. It is the same right to speak that we must use to talk about the cause of Christ and the need to return to morality. It's the same freedom of assembly that we must now use to stand up in the public square and declare Christ. It's been tested in the courts. You cannot impose your faith upon anyone. If you approach them and they don't want to hear, leave them. Jesus even said, if you're going to a city to minister, and they will not receive you. Turn around. Dust. Shake the dust off of your feet. And keep going. So we don't need to impose our faith on people. But it does not absolve us of the responsibility to carry the message. Jesus said to John. Write. And he says to all of us. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, and I am with you always. Persecution or fear of prosecution is not an excuse from sharing Jesus. We claim that we have to be wise. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We, we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, but many of us are so wise 
And many of us are so harmless that we've quivered, that we've lost our voice, and we're telling no one. And that's why we have so many online services that are speaking to believers. That's why we have so many conferences, virtual and in-person, and the content of it, the focus of it is among those who do not believe. We spend more time talking to people about living right than talking to people about not getting left. These things which you have heard and seen in me do, these things that you have received pass on to others. Why? Why are we doing this? Um, because the message that Jesus sends, as much as he sends it to the seven churches, is not simply about the churches being ready for ready sake. The churches must be ready. Look at the language that he uses as he speaks to the churches. And I know that we will have our next presenter talking more about this. But he speaks of the seven churches as a lamp stand. A lamp stand is a light bearer. It holds the candle so that the light of the candle can shine freely to fill the room. My friends, the message that the Lord is sending us through this revelation is for us to stand up as that lampstand, as that light bearer, to shine the light in the midst of the dark places. But Jesus says in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, no man lights a candle and hides it under a bushel. Instead, he puts it up so that it is in a prominent place so that it can shine light to others. Our voice, our message cannot be quiet. Our light should not be shining any less because of persecution or fear of prosecution. Shine your light, my friend. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and declare the truths of God to the community. Call sin, sin. Tell people he's coming again. John heard from the Lord and the Lord said, right. It is a first-hand witness. And this witness is a message. We need to take it seriously. For he is coming again. Alpha and Omega is coming again. And we must be ready. I'm blessed. As I note. 
the message is being sent to seven churches. The number seven is significant and, and somebody else will spend some time talking about that. Or you may have had other lessons about the significance of the number seven as it talks about completion. But when we look at seven churches, these churches were spread out. It was not centralized and in one location. It was spread out. The message is being sent all over the world. Isn't that what Jesus says? This message of the gospel will be preached in all the world and then shall the end come. When we listen to the message that is being sent to them, it will help us to understand that we are not all in the same place. In as much as we are in different locations, all of us in our personal lives are at different places, are points of readiness. But I invite you, my friend, receive the gospel message in your life. Be ready for the end. Pull up your straps. Tighten your shoelaces. Slip your foot into your shoe if it's a slip-on. Because it's time to go. Our Father, help us to listen to the message that you are sending us. You who are first creating all of this, last dissolving it and making it new. Help us to surrender ourselves to you. Help us to realize that your message is all about drawing us back into yourself. Help us surrender. But not only take care of our own selves. Help us to bring the message to others. Amen.